tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. On this episode of This League, the playoffs are here, and we have a special Saturday playoff episode to get you ready. In this episode, we recap my terrible predictions for the playoff play-in tournament. I mean, these were just awful. I put <laughs> a max bet on the Pacers. They got blown out. I mean, it was just so bad. So we discuss what actually happened to create such a disaster, um, and then we also preview the first round of the playoffs. The regular season is over, baby. It is playoff time. It is here. The intensity is here. My intensity is up. Is your fucking intensity up, Marty? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Intensity is up. So let's drop the motherfucking beat. Man, let's start off with a recap of that eight seed playing game. <laughs> I mean, what are we going to say? It was bad. My predictions were bad. They were so bad. I think I'm one in three in the last four. So that's a 25% uh, accuracy level winning winning probability right now for me. Not good, Marty. Not, Not the good. best. Not yeah, yeah, yeah. We could aim for better. We could aim for better. Let's just talk about... Last night's game first, because uh, I think that's the more interesting one to talk about. The The Grizzlies game was a fucking nightmare. I think it was just so bad, so sloppy. What did you think? I mean, I could not believe that the Warriors out turnovered themselves from the Lakers game. Uh, they had 21 in this game. And uh, yeah, it was just more the same. Like they were in there. They should have won. And they just didn't allow themselves to be in the position to win the game. It, 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 it was like they purposefully, not purposefully, but they literally yes, took though. it from themselves. Yes, though. It did feel somewhat <laughs> purposeful. It felt like a team that had been deflated. Right. Like had mustered up all the energy for the first half of the Laker game. And then as soon as they lost that one, they really came out sloppy and slow against the Grizzlies. They got punched in the mouth so early. And then it was only felt like Steph and Draymond were the ones that wanted to win. Like we yeah. saw Andrew Wiggins return to the Andrew Wiggins that we know him to be. Yeah, and, uh, and he played pretty good against the Lakers. If he had sh- if he had shot at all against the Lakers, they win the game easy. But uh, I mean, shot his threes at all. But yeah, no, he was not really very noticeable last night. <laughs> they, I mean, he was very noticeable to me in the okay. worst possible way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that one against the backboard didn't even touch the rim. That three pointer in overtime, where it was like Xavier Tillman made his three, and then Andrew Wiggins just it was all it oh, was yeah. just like what is that? Like he missed so many layups turnaround jumpers he's like doing turnaround fadeaways and i'm like andrew wiggins you're not that guy like you're not kevin durant 
It was so <laughs> gross. Steph Curry. And listen, like he had 39 points. So there's no slouch on Steph Curry. Steph Curry's a very fucking good pit player. I love him. Like he was, he was getting triple teamed at times and yeah. still got his. So offensively from a shooting perspective, he did everything that he needed to do, but like you just can't, he turned the ball over seven times. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing what happens when Steph Curry doesn't have uh help in the backcourt. It becomes really hard for him to be able to do anything in crunch time minutes when they just, you know, deny him the ball and then he has to kick it out to Juan Toscano Anderson or Jordan Poole, who Jordan Poole actually hit some big shots, but like you just also turned the yeah. ball over a couple of times in crucial moments as well. Yeah. Welcome Steph Curry, welcome to Damian Lillard land. Welcome <laughs> to what life is like for Damian Lillard at all times. So he they miss Clay so much. Oh yeah. They just miss him. <laughs> So much. And when Clay comes back, this team is going to be very different. But you can tell that the Warriors now know like, oh, this is the Wiggins. This is the Wiggins we know. We can't build around Wiggins. No, I agree completely. (laughs) 13 turnovers between Draymond and and Steph. 13. The NBA average for an entire team is 13.8. So, I mean, it was very bad. It was very bad. We'll talk about Memphis later. Josh showed up. In huge moments. Ja was awesome. Yeah, I have a lot to say about Ja. That dude, yeah, I think I think he's arrived. He is. This is Ja's moment. Yeah. Like, when he flexed and it was like, ah! You know, you're like, okay, Ja is here. I mean, that little floater where he's, like, leaning left and sh- uh, puts it up with his right hand, when he gets the space to shoot that, it's like a 90% shot, and he's in year two. Like, he's... I, it, it, the potential for Ja is... Pretty unlimited. I, I I've always thought he had all star potential. I think he definitely he has, has all NBA potential. He's got all NBA potential. Yeah, first team. Yeah, the thing that I think that Jaw is getting very good at is kind of what Devin Booker does very well, and what Chris Paul does very well is for how small that they are, they can get space using their body, mm-hmm. and then they back up, and then all of a sudden there's three feet of space, and then yeah. that floater is ninety percent. Speaking yeah. of floaters, Steph Curry should not shoot them for a while. So we'll just just it, that was bad. It's yeah. been bad for two games. Yeah. Um, also, also Draymond's floater to tie the game. Can we talk about that for just two seconds? Can we talk about how you've got nine point eight seconds left? They're on their heels, Draymond. There is no one to pass to. You are not a playmaker in this moment. It is time for you to fucking go and try to yam that. Not not. It was like a lob floater. It was like maybe someone's coming up to dunk. No, there's no one. No one's coming up to dunk this. Yeah, I, I didn't hate the decision to shoot a floater. It's just how how do you miss rim in that situation? That was. I, I did mean, like the. I did hate the decision for the floater because okay. what you have is the ability now. You've got people on their heels. It was what Jaron Jackson on his heels. You draw contact. The, when you are down. When you it's tie a game, worst case you go to overtime. Draw fucking contact. Basically, I just I don't think it was a bad shot, but if you if you missed that bad, then it clearly was a bad shot. I guess so, you might be so right. bad, so uh, bad. Bef- I mean, it was and before we move on, before we move on from the game, I just want to talk about how them the Grizzlies actually winning saved them from making one of the worst coaching decisions ever by not challenging that call when Poole stuck his leg out. I don't. I still don't get that to this day. If they had lost, that's all we'd be talking about. 
everything. That would be, I don't know that like it wasn't a natural kick out. I don't think it really felt aggressive, but I do think Stuck his leg you, out. Did, you did need to challenge it just because like you never used your challenge. With a minute and a half left. Yeah. What are you waiting for? That That's literally why you have the rule. But yeah, I, I mean, the whole thing, the whole thing was wild. I do love this Memphis team because they're a bunch of guys who have been underdogs their whole life. Like Xavier Tillman hitting that big three. Like I fucking hate Grayson Allen, but he even is somewhat likable on this Grizzlies team because like he had back, it's back to back threes of- in overtime. Back-to-back huge threes in overtime. Huge. Like, that decision by Taylor Jenkins to put him in instead of whoever else would have been there. Because there's a bunch of others. And, like, they're all, like, Desmond Bain. Like, they're all pretty good. But, like, that decision in overtime was really huge. And uh, when you paradoxically compare that to the terrible decision not to call the challenge, you know, it was just – that was a good coaching call compared to that terrible coaching call. So let's move on. <laughs> okay. Let's move on out east. Um, I predicted a blowout. Did not? Did I not you predict did. a blowout? You did. I you did got that part of it right. An over twenty point blowout. I did. I just got the wrong team. I just thought that the Wizards were way too injured. I don't know if they like shot Russell Westbrook up with something. People are very mad at me saying that Russell Westbrook is injured. He is. He, there is something wrong. Certainly, certainly. Not? No, I mean, there definitely was, and it showed a lot in that Celtics game, but I guess he's just still got that in him where we got to win this game or we're done. <laughs> like, that's not happening. Yeah. yeah. So um, the Pacers turned back into a pumpkin. They've been up and down and up and down and up and down all year. I texted the GM of the Pacers when they blew the fuck out of the Hornets. And I was like, yo, you guys look like one of the best passing teams in the NBA. You guys look phenomenal. And he goes, right now? He said, right now. Like, he knew that this team was inconsistent. And they are very inconsistent. And I think that, I mean, you, you don't have three out of your five starters. Three of them gone. The other two injured and playing. Brogdon and Jim Hontas and Bonus both playing and very hobbled. So the problem to me was like, okay, what happens when all the other guys that should be shooters, like TJ and uh, Justin Holiday and Dougie Buckets, like when they start going cold, like you don't have Karis Levert to go and get you a bucket, right? You don't have ISO Levert and all you have is Brogdon and Sabonis who are sort of hobbled. And then you know, it's night, night, sleep mask in DC, like night, night, mm-hmm. tough, tough. I do think that the future's so bright for them. So sure. bright like, yeah, to get TJ Warren back and miles Turner's back, Turner back and Karis Levert back. Like that is a squad. Yeah. There's no reason to be down on them. Uh, moving forward. I no, not at all. I agree. As for the wizards, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to make of them. I don't know what they're going to be. I don't know. what. I don't feel like I know who anyone is going to be. It's like a rent a team at this point, you know. It's like this this version, I guess, is sort of cool. There's some cool things that come out of it, but like these guys aren't going to be teammates very long. Like, so what? Like, you don't think that Russell Westbrook is going to stay stay around? I mean, he could. I'm not going to act like I'm making any like serious projections here, but it doesn't. It does to me. I just I can't see Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal being teammates for the foreseeable future. I guess I'll I say think that. another couple of years. Maybe. I think in another couple of years, Bradley Beal said this, Russell Westbrook has shown me what it means to show up night after night after night after night. 
And that is a that is a tool, that is a skill that only a few players in the league have, which is like that you bring it no matter what, like that no matter what intensity. And that trickles down to the role players like Rui Hachimura. Like you can't teach dog, but if you could, Russell Westbrook would be the fucking Mr. Miyagi. Yeah. I mean, his imprint so, is all over that team. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Let's head out east and preview these playoff series. If the Sixers don't go to the Eastern Conference Finals, this <laughs> will be an all-time franchise disaster. Right? Yeah, I mean, I I fully expect them to get there, but if they don't, that would yeah, 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 that'd be this horrendous could to be think about. The easiest path to the Eastern Conference Finals I have ever seen. You've got the Wizards, which you just call the Renta team, which could be their toughest matchup, right? It could be their most interesting matchup compared to the Hawks and the Knicks. You think so? I do, because I think that Russell Westbrook and, and Embiid are very like emotional creatures. They're going to go at each other, right? Like Russell, I don't know if you remember it. I was going to put the saw in, but I'll just say what he said, where it was like Embiid hit Russell Westbrook very hard. And the it went viral. And the, the the media member was like, hey, like, what happened with you and MB? Like, he hit you. Da, da, da. And he was like, yeah, he was trying to hurt me. It's all good. Like, kind of, ch- he kind of, like, played it off. And then they go, so are you guys cool? And he looks at me and goes, fuck no. <laughs> We're not cool. So I think that's going to be a thing. I think that the Wizards team, this Wizards team is the only one out of those three with multiple big men that can get into foul trouble. Right. Like you've got Gafford, Rolo, Hachimura, Alex Len, all can can share guarding Embiid and you don't worry about like one of them fouling out. Like they're all not like great, but like you're just talking about bodies. Yeah, I mean, I think we have opposing opinions on this. I think I think Embiid's looking at who's going to have to guard him and he's just like licking his lips with that. I I expect Embiid to average like 34 points in this series and a sweep. Yeah. I mean, he should average more though. He should average more because you're talking about, I think he had 35 in the first matchup. They only played early in the season and they only won by like five or six both times. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be much. And that was before them getting Daniel Gafford. And I know you're probably not super high on Daniel Gafford because he's like a nobody right now, but I think he, he is a body that wasn't there in that game. And he's sure. a big body. Sure, I just uh, and I'm not saying I have anything like crazy to say about it. I just think Embiid is just going to cook this series so hard. You know who I think is going to cook? I think Bradley Beal is going to cook. He put up sixty against them, uh. sixty. So I think it's going to be fun. I think the matchups to me that are the most intriguing uh, is really Bradley Beal versus Matisse Thybul and Ben Simmons. Like, yeah. Bradley Beal has one leg, but like, I think he's got an additional like gear for this matchup. He's at, he averaged 45 points against the Sixers this year. So yeah, no, I am. I am excited to see what Beal does. Yeah. It's going to be a shootout. It's going to be very fun. Yeah. Bertans also is an X factor. He averaged 17 points in those two games. Um, Simmons averaged 16 and a half in those two games, but he also had almost four turnovers. Mm -hmm. So I think Simmons will average like 10. In these games, I don't think average? I don't think he's gonna. Yeah, I think he's gonna average ten in these games. I don't think he's gonna do shit. I think he's gonna be not doing shit. That is my prediction. 
Embiid in those two games averaged 33 and a half points. I think he's got to average 40. So he's going to turn the ball over minimum 40 times. Who? I said he's going to average 10 points per game. Oh, my bad, my bad, my bad. Turnovers per game. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So the things to watch for me is that, like, can you take Embiid out? I think the, the, the book on Embiid is this. Can you make him emotionally frustrated early? That's the only way it becomes a series, an interesting series, kind of almost like how you have to play AD right now, which is like get him out of his rhythm, be an irritant, because that's the only, that's literally the only flaw that Joel Embiid has is his mind. The only thing. Yeah. Yeah, I just you I, don't agree. You don't I, agree. I do. I do a little bit. I just when it comes to this series, I just I guess we have just different ideas of this series. I don't expect this to be much of anything in terms of competition. I think if Beal, yeah, can be just extreme awesome Beal, like they maybe get two, but I, I don't know. I think if they get one, that's an accomplishment, honestly. Yeah, I think the Sixers win in five or six. But I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it went longer. So but the, the Sixers should make they should make easy work out of the Wizards. But hey, I've been super cold, so who knows? Yeah. Um next up is two seven Nets versus Celtics. I think this is a fucking sweep. Like that's it's night night. It's there's no scenario I see the Celtics doing anything. I don't care if Jason Tatum scores seventy. Like, don't care. Like <laughs> I, think, like, <laughs> I think he's gonna have to, yeah. He's gonna have to score seventy because like it's Harden. It's Dur- I mean, it's Harden. It's Durant. It's Kyrie. Like they'll each score get, thirty. They're gonna get so many easy baskets. It's just it's it's insane. I would the overs in this game is gonna the the, the totals in these games are gonna be very high. I would think. What do you think it's gonna be like? Two forty nine and a half. Probably not that much, but <laughs> like it's. I mean, it's high. Like this Celtics team can't. I I expect like two forty two because it's like playoff. Bad. But like the Celtics can't can't defend. No. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Yeah. And they are decimated. Like Marcus Smart guards whoever, and then like everybody else goes off. So I think if you're if you're Steve Nash, you're like, you're just hoping that we can we can literally crush them so easily we can just rest the stars in the second half. Like that's my mindset as Steve Nash. As Steve Nash. Mm-hmm. Uh put their foot on put your foot on their throat. So I think it's I think it's broom time. Broom time. I agree. Uh three three six series. Most intriguing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the East? East? Yeah. Uh Yeah. I would say this series goes seven. Uh, If the Heat do what the Heat should do, they should go seven. This is uh, very exciting. Like, there's a lot of wrinkles and matchup things to watch. I think Drew Holiday is my most intriguing player to see what he does. Like, I think he's got to be on Jimmy Butler pretty much like five flavor, right? 100%. Yeah. yeah. And And he makes such a difference. Like, I was thinking about it. Uh, after recorded uh, uh, whatever episode it was where we were talking about Spolstra and what they could do. Uh, I was thinking about betting on them, maybe, but and then I just started thinking more about it. Drew Holiday over Eric Bledsoe is such a big difference. It's such a big difference. And like just them having home court, I think I think the Bucks get it. I think the Bucks get it in six. It's going to be so exciting. I'm very interested to watch Bam versus Giannis. I think that will be very intense basketball. Like those two guys are very intense. Tyler Hero, I think is a big question mark. Like which Tyler Hero is actually going to show up? Are we going to see the Tyler Hero in the bubble last season? 
Or are we going to see Tyler Hero in this regular season? Because those are one guy is like you keep him forever, and another guy you shop on the trade block right now, right? Like so, Goran Dragic and Duncan Robinson and Kendrick Nunn, when they're all crisp, they all can shoot from everywhere. So this Miami Heat team either scores ninety or they score one twenty, and it's just like I don't know. I just <laughs> don't know what's going to happen. So. I think that the main issue is like whether Budenholzer can keep up with Eric Spolstra's, you know, mind games and chess match and all of the weird things he's going to try to put. Because, you know, Spo has been thinking about Drew Bledsoe. I mean, Drew Bledsoe, uh, Drew Holiday. (laughs) Okay, Terry Rosier. I was thinking about Drew. I was thinking about Drew Holiday and Eric Bledsoe combined. um, Do you remember a few years ago? A few years ago in the playoffs when they were playing the Celtics and Terry Rozier called him Drew Bledsoe. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. It became so a big funny. thing. And then Drew Bledsoe uh, showed up to the game in Boston. <laughs> uh, well, you know what was funny to me was something that Steve Kerr said right before the Lakers game. And he was like, you know, adjustments in the playoffs really start at game three. He was like, you really won't see anything after one or two. Like, it's really like the second or third game after that where real coaching adjustments start to take shape, which I didn't actually know. Like I wasn't aware of that philosophy at all. I thought like maybe after the first game, if matchups weren't going the way that you want, you might change your rotations. But I think for Eric Spolstra, I don't think he subscribes to that mindset. I think he's like first quarter, things aren't working. We're changing things up. You know what (laughs) I mean? Yeah. So I think Drew Holiday is firmly in his mind. I think he's going to try to find ways to scheme to cut, try to, get his guys open. So I know this is a wild take, but I'm going to stick where I was. I think Miami and seven. I think Spo is that good. Gotcha. Four, four, five Knicks Hawks. Ooh, I love this. I love this. Like it's, this is a fun matchup. Is it not? Oh, it's great. It's great. Like young, young players, young teams. Yeah, no, I'm stoked. Nobody expected either one of these teams to do anything. And they're in the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. Nick McMillan talking shit about how the NBA is already conspiring for the Knicks to win. He is like trying to create bulletin material for his team by basically getting himself fined already saying that they're never going to get any calls and nobody's going to want us to move on and how the league's going to do everything they can to keep the Knicks in the playoffs. And you know what, like really to me what this said and like, you know, you know, like the writing on the wall when you know these little details, right? Like, Nate McMillan is one and nine getting out of the first round of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So he's already setting the stage for the Atlanta Hawks GM, Travis Schlenk to basically Travis Schlenk, basically to say, you know, they, they conspired against us. So he, this is his 10th playoff appearance. He's one and eight. And I think he's going to go one and nine. So it's just much to do about nothing. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, if I had to predict it, I think uh, I think the Knicks take it. I just think they're a more cohesive team, I would say. I think Trey's going to cook. Don't get me wrong. I think Trey's going to have a really good series. Uh, but I think it's just going to not be quite enough. Trey averaged 24 against the Knicks in the games that they played this year. But who cooked in that in those three matchups were it was Julius Randle. He averaged 37 against the Hawks this year. <laughs> 37 I think the Knicks are 3-0 and against the Hawks 
Tibbs is going to want to play slow. I think Julius Randle's probably going to get like 40. It's just, I don't know who ends up guarding him. The Hawks want to score a lot. They have a ton of high-octane guys, and then Tibbs wants to do something different. So I, I think the Knicks in five. Well, did DeAndre Hunter play in any of those games? He probably didn't, right? Uh, I'd have to look. Yeah, I he don't probably, think he so. probably I think didn't. That, I think he's going to get the Randall assignment, and I, we'll see. Well, that's a big boy matchup. Let me just say that. 100%. That is a big boy matchup for DeAndre Hunter. The Hawks drafted DeAndre Hunter as a defensive specialist um, and, like, I guess, 3 and D guy, you could call him. And we'll see. We're going to have to see. If history repeats itself, Nate McMillan gets bounced out of the first round once again. Uh, I bet my beating heart on it. <laughs> just to, like, recap, DeAndre Hunter did play in game three of that oh. series. Played 37, uh, 37 minutes, and they got cooked by, like, 10. Ah, okay. So, all right, so let's go out west. Look at out west. Number one jazz against not the Warriors. So, by the way, let's just, can we just put it in stone that the Warriors aren't going to the finals this year? So, I just no, want to not. say. No, they're not. That prediction, that prediction got ended very fast. It would have been fun. Uh, they play the Grizzlies. I am excited about this matchup. Like, very excited. You're not excited? You don't like Dylan Brooks trying to I lock do, down Donovan Mitchell? I do like Dylan Brooks a lot, actually. Uh, but, uh, no, I wanted them to play the Warriors, I'll be honest. I, it's uh, This is honestly insane, the the advantage discrepancy between one seed and two seed. It's the biggest ever in the history of sports, especially <laughs> now that it's like this. Like, and <laughs> So, yeah, no, I wanted them to be tested similarly to how the Suns are going to be tested. Granted. <laughs> Uh, I just thought the Warriors would have been a funner series, but this this could be fun. And, and, and I am excited to see playoff Ja because, uh, uh, again, I think last night he showed me he's here and he's ready. So, yeah, no, I am excited to see Ja. I'm excited. This is what I'm think, thinking about seeing, right? Can Brooke shut down Spider Mitchell, which he is coming off of the lowest grade ankle injury for the most amount of games that he's missed? Like, he literally twisted his ankle like like off of a curb and has missed like 15 games so like i hope he's 100 percent healthy so like i hope whatever that was that the jazz did like was worth it but dylan brooks made things very tough for steph very tough i know we got 40 but it didn't look easy um i think donovan is obviously a lesser player a different player but a lesser player than steph i think he's basically neutralized uh, I don't think they're going to double them the same way that they would Steph. So I think that w- who's actually going to go have to go off for this game is like Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, and those like key corner threes from Joe Ingles. Like that's the difference between this Warriors team and and this Jazz team is like they're just a high octane three point shooting team. They shoot the most threes in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Uh, it should not be close. But I just like some of the interesting matchups like Valanciunas versus Gobert. I think those two guys like get into it. Like I want to see like some fire and some intensity. Like I think the Grizz are going to bang on Gobert. Like I think Valanciunas is going to try to like get in his head, try to get him in in foul trouble. Like I want to know who's stopping Jaw. Like Gobert is going to be that interior threat that Jaw didn't see last night. Um, But I think then you kick it out and see what Xavier Tillman or Grayson Allen can do. They're going to need to hit threes and Jaws need to get to hit threes. I think like 
the Jazz probably win in five. That's my my guess. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was definitely thinking. Like, I think the Grizzlies will have one of those games where just everything's clicking and Ja, yeah, puts up like thirty four and ten or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yep. and and they do get a game, but I don't see him getting more than one game. I agree. Two seven Lakers. Uh, Chug girl is in here in Phoenix right now. <laughs> I will be there tomorrow. Games one and two. If you are a Suns fan, uh, Marty, uh, this is a game nobody. This is a series nobody wanted. No nope. Suns fan wanted this matchup because AD could beat you all by himself, and now you have LeBron James. So yikes. yeah, it's, it's, can, it, it's can pain. you do it four times? It's pain. But here's the thing: two guys. One guy is soft. Like we do know that Anthony Davis, he's very inconsistent emotionally this way. Like he says sure. he's playing through pain. His shoulder is injured. Like he can disappear for long stretches. LeBron very clearly looks tentative. That's good for you. That's good as a Suns fan. Like, because hear this, if the Suns get out fast and AD and Braun are both tentative, which I think it's totally possible for these first two games. I think once you're up by 10, you're a different team than the Warriors. You're not turning the ball over 15 times. No, quite the Chris opposite. Chris Paul is not the same. Yeah, Chris Paul is not like Steph Curry. He takes very good care of the ball. I think so, Chris Paul was like third in turnover efficiency or something like that. Like he yes. does not turn the ball over for no reason, like ever. So you're going to be able to get into your offense and and keep the ball in your hands for a long stretches. And that that keeps the Lakers from getting out into transition, which I think is the way that they come back. Like, I think they're going to have to play AD at the five a lot. And so then it's like, okay, try to take AD out and make, you know, KCP beat you. I'm okay with that. It's possible. I think it's possible you could win the series. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm by no means uh, laying down on it. I saw some things, especially in that Warriors game, that made me think we're going to be able to do some things, make them uncomfortable, definitely take some games. I think uh, I think Mikhail Bridges is going to be huge in the series, how he's able to keep up with LeBron, you know, make him uncomfortable like LeBron's going to get his but make him you know work insanely hard for it and maybe not put forth the effort on defense that we sometimes see him you know take off like that uh I think DeAndre Ayton staying out of foul trouble is going to be probably the biggest factor in the entire series because if he's off the floor then we're throwing Frank Kaminsky and Dario Saric up against AD and that's just that's not going to be good (laughs) No, that's not good at all. And I think what you could probably try to do to neutralize that is get AD into some foul trouble too. But you know who I think is an also a, an interesting matchup or an interesting X factor is just the Jay Crowder factor. Just oh, yeah. because like he knows Braun, like he's played with Braun. Um, he's, he comes up big in, in playoff moments um, and has for multiple teams, you know? So I, I really like that addition for this playoffs. Yeah. Um, I and also, he's just like a dog. Yeah, no, he is. And I expect him to shoot well, which is uh, going to be very important, especially uh, in a series like this where no one has really, I don't want to say no one, but we don't have a whole lot of playoff experience. And we have a guy who's made big shots, has done, been in these moments. I just, I, yeah, no, I expect, I expect Jay to play uh, very well. And also I think, uh, I think campaign, this is my bold prediction for the game. I think campaign is going to single-handedly win one game of this series. Yeah, I love campaign. I love campaign. He's awesome. Uh, I have a hard time with predicting this. So I'm just going to go with the favorite and say Suns and seven. Are we the fan? I don't think we're the favorite. 
I mean, no, you're not the favorite. <laughs> you're not the favorite, but you are the favorite. Does that make sense? Like, I'm just going to go with the two. I'm just going to go with the chalk. Seat, right. Yeah. I'm just going to go with the chalk. I know it's tough. You guys are, they even did a whole article about how you're, you know, the Suns and the Jazz are the two uh, worst one and two seeds of all time. So in terms of like, <laughs> there was like an ESPN article. Basically that was like how it was summed up. There's like a lot of, uh, you know, probabilities and percentages and historical information, but that was basically the take home message. Um, so like whatever, yeah. but I'm going to give it to the Suns and seven. I'm rooting for you. I'm rooting against uh, LaFlop. Like I think, you know, that's just what I want to see. I, I fucking hate the Lakers. I always have. I always will. So that's the deal. Um, I would love it. Uh, before we move on, can we talk for just a second about the LeBron Drake tequila party? Just for a second. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. I'm here for this. Okay. I am here for so this. we knew about this. The, this was the night before the play-in game against the Warriors. I tweeted about it jokingly because just obviously I'm going to do that. It became um, a meme. Yeah. And then this morning, Dave McMiniman writes a story that says the NBA has notified the Lakers or whatever that LeBron violated COVID protocol, which has been a huge deal within the league this season. Guys getting suspended 10, 12 days, like shit like that. And then the NBA, and this is a personal thing to me, dating back to 2007, Amari Stoudemire takes two steps onto the floor. And Boris Diaw take two steps onto the floor. They get suspended. The NBA recites rules are rules. It's not about, what is it? What did they say? They said, it's not about fairness. It's about correctness. And that's the only time in the history of the league that that's ever been the case. And it ended up fucking us. So they come out and they say, we're not going to suspend him. Uh, They did a similar thing in 2011 in the finals where they said we wouldn't have suspended LeBron. Uh, It's... I don't know. I mean, I was never expecting them to suspend him, but going through what I went through in 2007, uh, my reward for that is that I get to bitch about things like this every time they happen. So let me ask you this. If Dennis Schroeder goes to a party with Drake, does Dennis Schroeder get suspended for one game? Probably. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I would say that this is the LeBron effect on ratings, which then they say, well, it was an outdoor event. And and by the way, like the story also said that the Lakers are not 85 percent vaccinated, so they do not fall into loosened rule sets that Mm -hmm. the rest of the NBA teams who have vaccinated 85 percent of their players um, are allowed to do so. Yeah, I mean, it It almost feels like NBA gaslighting. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, you're just like, uh, am I crazy or is this a really big deal that they're trying to say is not a big deal? Yeah, no, I mean, they came out and they instantly said there will be no suspension. Uh, it was the, the the event did not warrant. Uh, there was not a, like a risk of uh spreading or something like that yeah yeah yeah. so who are you to say like really like what how do you know like did you contact trace like have you done anything i mean i think it was like you had to be vaccinated or like negative test or something like that it just I, i believe he wasn't actually putting people at risk i'm not one of those like crazy people that think he was but yeah i don't know it it, but it just it just starts right 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 exactly Rules are rules. Correctness over fairness. Three versus six. Nuggets, Portland Trailblazers. This is a uh, this is a hard one for me to discuss. Uh, yeah. 
personally, I don't really, if I could just avoid talking about it all together, I would, <laughs> I, I would just say nothing about the mass matchup at all. I would pretend like it doesn't exist. I would never tweet about it. I would never make a prediction, but, but since this is my podcast and we must discuss every matchup, like CJ has consistently cooked against this team. Just CJ, even in the Western Conference Finals, when they shut down LeBron, LeBron, even when they shut down Dame, CJ destroyed the Nuggets. Um, Evan Turner was able to go off. Like this Nuggets team is is hampered. Um, you've got Austin Rivers, who couldn't even find minutes on the New York Knicks starting for the Nuggets. Uh, and he is now sick and questionable. PJ Dozier, who's another big role player for these guys, uh, not playing like for the entire series. So if there's any any matchup that I like in the West, it's this one. This this is the only one. The Nuggets will allow us to score. They are not going to stop us from scoring. So. I hate predicting Blazers, but I I yeah. think we pull the upset. I think it's Blazers in six. Wow, wow. I uh, I think I think I'm saying Nuggets in six, and it honestly has nothing to do with Portland. I think everything you said makes a lot of sense. I mean that guard, uh, that open guard position on the Nuggets is definitely uh, a cause for concern. But I just like how they played to close the season out. I just think they're playing well, and I expect their offense to hum in a similar way it has been. MPJ. You know, serious playoff minutes now. I, I'm excited. I think the I think the yeah. Nuggets pull it out and then lose to uh, Utah. Yeah. So uh, my prediction is probably how you know that your prediction is probably right. That Terry Stotts gets fired and Blazers don't get out of the first round. Maybe we get swept. Who knows? Five four Clippers. Uh, very very interesting series that last year should be an easy series for the Clippers, but somehow I think it won't be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Luca stole two games himself last year. And Porzingis was pretty much nowhere to be found last playoff series between these two. And I think that they're better than, than that. I think that the Mavs are slightly better than they were last time this year. Last, last time, last, this time last year. That was hard to say. And <laughs> I think like we always are going to be worrying about like playoff P. Like playoff P was healthy last year at this time. And he's not healthy now. And he averaged what eighteen and a half and thirty five percent from the field, thirty. And he was twenty seven percent from from three point line last year in that series. And now they've got uh, Josh Richardson, who I think will probably match up against him and try to make things difficult. So um, I think that's really interesting. There's a big article that came out this uh, week about like the chemistry issues potentially between Luca and Porzingis. So like I'm curious to see how that's going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. is actually a lot better this year than he was last year. Yeah. So I think those are my keys. What What are your keys to watch? Uh, before I hop into this, uh, I just want to correct myself. I said I expected the Nuggets to lose to uh, Utah. I meant lose to uh, winner of Suns Lakers. But uh, yeah, no, I'm very – I think you kind of covered it. I'm excited to see what Paul George does to respond to his weak playoff run last year because he in big moments this season in the regular season played well and he does tend to do that and we've seen him play well in the playoffs really well I would love to see them struggle mightily against the Mavs I think that would be so funny same uh but I just I just don't I think they're 
I think, like you say, the Mavericks are better. I think the Clippers might be a little better. I think Surge makes a big difference for them. Absolutely uh, does. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think I'll go Clippers six. I think it's Clippers seven. Uh, but I think that's the only the reason is because pandemic P slash injured toe P and Kawhi is even less healthy this year. He looks slightly less explosive and bouncy. So I don't know what to make out of them. Um, this is the best, one of the best three point shooters shooting teams in the league. Um, what happens when they go cold? So I think Luca is going to, it's just going to be exciting. It's going to be fun just because it's Luca and Luca's Luca's going to feel a little extra because it's the same series as it was last year that they got bounced in six. So I think it's, I think they take it one more game and Clippers win. We're going to get some cool Luca moments. That's no, no doubt about that. Great Luca moments. Great Luca moments. Um, well, that's all the time that we have, Marty. That's fun. That was. Um, we will be back Monday. That is all the time that we have for the This League podcast. Please subscribe. Please rate. Please review. By the way, I am hearing some vicious rumors that positive reviews are not showing up on Apple Podcasts. I've gotten some DMs saying I have left a positive review and all I see are the negative reviews. So I'm not sure what's going on. Maybe a conspiracy that needs to be checked out. But please try to rate and review on Apple and Spotify. We also have, I think, five NBA playoff merch shirts. Follow us on TikTok, IG, YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. Thank you for listening. Tune in for Monday's episode of This League.
check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.